AZ and T in the building. I only touch greatness podcast. We got Prince Allen all the way from Kansas City, Missouri, as a co-host today. We got John Connor, rap superstar. If you like what we're doing, hit the subscribe button. Let's go. If you're looking for a mug, perhaps a hoodie, head on over to IonlyTouchGreatness.com. Yo, what up? It's the People's Rapper John Connor, and you tuned in with our Only Touch Greatness podcast. Y'all know what it is. ABMG Blue City Club. You know. Yes, sir. Say what's up to the broke nigga at the rich party. Who the fuck let this nigga in? Do it look like I give a fuck? Sorry. Looking at these hoes and they go, nigga, boy, just trying to get me. Ryan Hayes and Big Mike. no direction, they missing the map I hear they tracks, I get more excited when I'm fixing a flat The game fuck niggas, artists got a dick in they crack See I'm the realest and I'll be damned if I sit on they lap I make them disappear but I got another trick in my hat The shit I write, a slice rappers and split them in half Spit heat, melt niggas, all that's left is they bones Body tracks, this shit gon' be like the best of Stallone I'm the wrong one to test when I get in my zone You do, you fucking yourself like having sex with your clone Ain't a question I'm nice, like I just couldn't do wrong This annoying, that ex I only touch grass Greatness Podcast with Ryan Hayes and Big Mike. Hey, John. Hey, John. Hey, what's up? What's going on? How you doing? I'm blessed. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm Ryan, by the way, and I'm joined. I'm joined. I'm up here in Vancouver, Canada, and I'm joined with my buddy Prince Allen from Kansas City. What's up? I've been a fan of yours for like... Since I think I don't think was I don't think a lover or something with you and Pill on on one of your mixtapes. Oh yeah, I don't, know. Don't, don't fall in love the remix. Don't fall in love, yeah. Don't fall in love. I've been a huge fan since that, and I used to have your freshman cover with you and Kevin Gates and all that. Man, it's an honor, and I'm a huge fan, bro. Thank you so much, man. I am truly humbled, man. Thank you so much, man. All right, so we'll get started with some questions here. Uh, so, basically, born in Flint, Michigan, what was life like for you growing up? You know, it was interesting, you know, being born in, in Flint. We got a, a blue-collar, just hard-working, grind-type mentality. You know what I'm saying? Like, from a young age, it was all about work hard and don't expect no handouts. You know what I'm saying? Like I watched my mother, you know, she worked at the shop at Truck and Bus General Motors. And, you know, I watched my mother just work hard and grind. And I think that watching her do that instilled that in me at a young age that no matter what I was going to do, you know, I was going to work hard at it. I wasn't going to expect to just be handed something or expect that something was going to happen overnight. And um, so from that aspect, it was a it was a beautiful thing. I think that being born in Flint, you know, as as with anywhere, you got your pros and your cons, you know what I'm saying? Because, of course, you know, people know about the the poverty and the crime and all of that type of stuff that goes on in Flint. But me, I was always a music dude. I was never in the streets like that. Like I was always that little dude that 
the D-boys in the hood, the older cats was telling me, like, hey, stay out the streets. You got talent. Stay out the streets. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to mess around with this. Go, You go back with your little karaoke machine and your little keyboard <laughs> and make your music because this ain't for you. And the thing is, I always appreciated that aspect, too, that no matter how hard, you know what I'm saying, or how grimy and gritty Flint can be, I feel like my, my city has a soul to it. It has a spirit to it. It has a heart to it that underneath all of the tough things that you hear about Flint, we still are just good people, hardworking people, and we honestly are caring and giving people, and we just want what's best for the next person. You know what I'm saying? We grind and go hard because we have to. The things that you hear about Flint as far as crime and things like that, you know, it's like those type of things is we hustle because we have to because there aren't many opportunities provided. But for the most part, it's a blue collar, hardworking city. And that was instilled in me at a young age. It was nice that the uh, older people took you under your wing and maybe steered you in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have a I have an older sister. So like her older friends, like they would always tell me that, you know what I'm saying? And just dudes around the neighborhood and you know what I'm saying? They like, you know, that was always what it was, man. And I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful to them for that. Do you play any sports growing up or? Uh, I was never the sports dude. No. You know them age, you know me either. Huh? I to me either. I was never a sports dude too. So I understand that. <laughs> Only thing I loved was wrestling and I and basketball, but sometimes it was more wrestling than basketball. <laughs> hey, straight that's me. WWE, music, comic books, like yeah. you know, and those are the things me. that that interest yeah. me. So I was never a sports dude. That's so funny. You know the age that everybody plays sports when you like in the fifth, sixth, and seventh grade, yeah. right? When everybody plays sports, I was the worst. I know they used to hate me, pass me the ball, dog, because I right. I was terrible. So, no, sports <laughs> was never my thing, man. I'm a music dude to the core. Okay. Let's, Prince, you got a wrestling question. Throw one oh, of yeah, those. Oh, yeah. I got a wrestling question, matter of fact. Um, I got a come lot of wrestling questions. We can, we can bounce back and forth on wrestling because uh, I – RP, matter of fact, RP, Mr. Butch Reed, I wanted to say that because he used to be tag team partners, one of the second tag teams to ever win a championship called Doom with Ron Simmons. With Go Ron look that up. Yeah, WCW. Yes. Um, how, what you thinking about right now? Because I know you've been to WrestleMania, and how was, how does it feel to be like around like WrestleMania? I'm going to keep it real with you, bro. It's definitely a vibe. It's definitely a feeling because I've been to house shows before. I've been right. to Monday Raw before. But WrestleMania right. definitely is the Super Bowl of sports entertainment, of wrestling. It is definitely like it, bro. For a wrestling fan, it feels like Christmas. You know how yeah. when you a kid, right. Christmas feels so much different than every other day? Right. Like you can't, right. you can't. With that you can't put your finger on it but christmas eve and christmas don't feel like any other days of the whole right. year right? right dog wrestlemania is like just to be around <laughs> that wrestling fans and everybody right. just, and just all the goosebumps i bet you had like goosebumps whatever before you even walked in the door because sometimes oh, i just always had that funny feeling when i walked in a, a live show like oh shit i'm actually at a wild show but wrestlemania whoo and you yeah. were there. And you was there whenever uh, Undertaker what, lost, lost his uh, streak. When Undertaker yeah, lost his streak, yeah. I was there. I was there when Taker lost the streak to Brock. I was at 
uh, WrestleMania when Seth Rollins cashed in the Money in the Bank in the on uh, on uh, Roman yeah. Reigns. Yeah, I was I'm, there. How many, how many have you been to? I think seven at this point. I went oh, to 23, 24, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34. So yeah, seven. Oh damn. Yeah. I never went to I never went to WrestleMania. Only rest only only things I've been to is pay-per-views. I have actually been to ECW one. I haven't been to ECW one. I've been to the WCW one. I, I only ones I haven't really got in, I have seen. No SmackDowns, or no WrestleManias, or no Royal Rumbles. That's the only one I ain't have. Damn. Do you got a favorite? I mean, we're eventually gonna talk about you, but the uh, do you, oh, you have yeah. a favorite wrestler? Um, too many to name, man. Yeah. I just I, I just start naming them, and y'all can stop me whenever y'all tired of wrestlers. <laughs> I know it's gotta be CM Punk I, because you got the best in the world, and yeah, what I got you do? World tattoo and the best in the world, all that. So I would say. Shawn Michaels, Mr. Perfect, CM Punk, Austin, Rock, uh, Bret Hart, um, Brian Hillman, Sid, um, Justice, Sid, Vicious, Psycho, Sid, whatever yeah. uh, name you want to put on him. Um, I'm, I'm Macho Man, Randy Savage, uh, Ricky, Vote, Ric Flair, Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, man, it's, it's, it's so many greats, man. I, I mean, I feel like, bro, I'm 35 years old, so I feel like I grew up in, like, the true – like golden era and the, the attitude era. era. Yeah. So I, I grew up watching the greats, man. Yeah. We just had Kurt Angle on here a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Man, he, on my list as well as one of, one of my favorites, man. The original, like my favorite Kurt Angle was the original milk drinking Olympic hero. Yeah. Three eyes, yeah. The, you know what I'm saying? Three eyes. Like that, that was my favorite. You, Kurt you, Angle. you know, we, we even had Kurt Angle put on the little cowboy hat. Yeah, that Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's hilarious. The one that Stone Cold gave him. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Back, back, back to you here. Um, back to yeah. the music though. Hey, I, I know also, I know also you came from, you know, Flint, which we was talking about. How, how was it like being under the branch? Like, with MC Breed and the legends, the Dayton family, which I never knew the Dayton family was from Flint, Michigan. Like, how did that feel like being in that type of genre? You know what I'm saying? That type of, now you can pass it on to that generation. Man, it was crazy. I had the uh, the honor and the privilege to of meeting those guys. I even met Breed before he died. I, uh, mm -hmm. Like when I, but this was when I was super young, you know what I'm saying? Like I was uh, performing at this club back in the day in Flint called the Purple Moon, and Bree was in there, and he was a really, really chill dude. And it's always been nothing but love and respect for everything that Bree did. He was the one that paved the way and laid the foundation for everything that was to come for Flint. And yeah, the Dayton family, right off of my actually, um, where I grew up at is right off of Dayton Avenue, the same Dayton Avenue that the wow. Dayton. Was uh yeah that that's that's the Dayton and Dayton family is the same cross street from my street that I grew up on so it was like and I got nothing but love for them bootleg shoestring Matt Hinkle like them right. dudes man, paved the way is and also top authority also ready for the world shouts yeah. to the Gary Bernard Terry like all of these dudes were kind of like mentors in one way or another to me because anytime I would come across them they would definitely give me the game and tell me you know the do's and don'ts of the industry and what they learned from their experiences of going through it so it was a phenomenal thing to be able to take the torch and keep running with it 
Who was your favorite right. artist growing up? Uh, my favorite, like, man, that is such a difficult question, man. Like, and I like, cause it's the same thing with like wrestling. It's hard to narrow it yeah. down to just, I could just start naming them Prince, Seal, Tupac, uh, Biggie, uh, Bobby Womack, uh, Sam Cooke, uh, um, man, uh, who else? Uh, like, even what's funny about that question is the music of pro wrestling had a profound uh, impact. So, Jim Johnston, the dude that can yeah. compose all of the music for WWE, he actually was a big influence of mine. Uh, Cindy Lauper, um, Man, uh, like, uh, was uh, I love Cindy Lauper. I love, um, man, who else? I could just keep going on and on, man. Like, it's yeah. just too my father, my father's a musician, so you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just too many to name, man. Too many great artists, Jay Z, uh, Eminem, uh, you know, Nor Noriega. Like, it's just, it's just, I grew up listening to everything, man. Yeah, and uh, Jim Johnson, I believe, also, fun fact, is the guy that made uh, the Baywatch soundtrack. Or like the really? song for the, that did the intro for Baywatch. Wow. Yeah. If it's the same Jim Johnson, I'm not sure, but bro, that's insane. If that's if that bro, if that's real, you just you just gave me some info that I did not know, man. That's yeah. great. Yeah, because I okay, this is a, this is a little off topic, but I have I do a, I applied for Survivor, the TV show Survivor. I wanted to be on Survivor, so I made a Baywatch like inspired uh audition tape where i'm running across the beach in slow motion my titties are bouncing and <laughs> and like and, and i put the baywatch theme in there and it was definitely by a jim johnson so was it jim johnson or jim johnston Ooh, see now you got me <laughs> yeah, i feel like i feel like my man from wwe is jim johnston i believe okay yeah jim johnston yep Yo, what well, uh, dude who be making the beats and all that and making yeah, the right. music? I'm going to have to look into that stat, then. I probably shouldn't have brought it up. Speaking of albums, man, uh, speaking of albums, what was the first album that inspired you to actually, like, do music? Like, made you be like, you know what? I can do this. This one, what, what, you know, this is what I w truly wanted to do. Um, that's an easy one, man. Tru, masterpiece, Silk the Shocker, C Murder, mm -hmm. the uh, uh, True to the Game. That was the mm -hmm. album. Because when I first heard the song No Limit Soldiers, that was it for me. I don't know what it was at that moment at that time, but as soon as I heard No Limit Soldiers, it was something snapped in me that was like, this is what I want to do. I had heard rap music before because what people don't know about me is um. Like I said, I'm a music dude first, and hip. my love for hip-hop came second. My father's right. a music, and I grew up just listening to music. So before that, man, I was listening to alternative rock. I was listening to R&B, old school. Like, I wasn't deep into hip-hop. My sister was. You know what I'm saying? So she was the way that – she was the reason that I got put on the hip-hop. And when she had that masterpiece CD, that was it for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I had, like I said, I grew up hearing Tupac and Biggie and I later on grew a love and appreciation for their music. But Pac, Biggie, all them, like that, my love for them came later. Like, but what made me want to rap was that TRU, the uh, the True to the Game album. True to the Game, yeah. Cause my vibe was that doop, 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 Yeah. Shout out to them though. Classic, classic. 
my brother KLC who actually produced the beat for No Limit Soldiers. Me and him, we got an EP coming out called 24, which is a, a dream come true for me, man. Because like, imagine that. I'm making an album with the producer that made the beat that made me want to start rapping in the first place. So it's like, oh, can't nobody tell me God ain't good, man. Oh, yeah, God is good because KLC, man, that's one of my favorite people I think they, they should give roses to. Him, yeah. him, KLC, Beast by the Pound, and Rick Rock from E-40. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. And I think that Manny Fresh don't get the roses that he deserved too. And I feel like as producers, I feel like DJ Paul and Juicy J don't get the roses they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. No, they don't. They don't. I was about to say, speaking of DJ Paul, you actually did something with DJ Paul and Yellow Wolf. How was that like getting getting it, that type of vibe from DJ Paul? Because he's so, such a genius and his beats is just unique. So how how was it like working with DJ Paul? Uh, a dream come true. Because as you could tell by me talking about uh, TRU, um, the, the, the True to the Game album, I grew up like Southern bass hip hop was what I came in the, like came up listening to. You know what I'm saying? So No Limit, Cash Money, 3-6 Mafia, like I had to have it. Every month I had to have it. Whenever they was dropping, I had to have it. So like I said, man, it's just, you know, my testimony is crazy because just like, you know, with Master P now, I was super obsessed with 3-6 Mafia. You know what I'm saying? So then to get in a position where me and DJ Paul, like, you know, to know that I could text him right now and he going to hit me back and he's a brother and a friend of mine is a dream come true. So, you know, not just making the record with him and Yellow Wolf was a dream come true. Just being, you know, able to have the relationship that we have is a dream come true. And I got nothing but respect for Big Bro because I think that a lot of things that people are doing now, rest in peace to Lord Infamous, the way that people rap now, mm-hmm. they started like Lord Infamous them like in D in Three Six Mafia they started that style of rapping a lot of the production yeah a lot of the production styles that's going on is a direct DJ Paul Juicy J bite so I think that you know it's it's a it's an honor and a privilege to be able to work with the legends and the architects of this game man um who in the music industry helped you maybe get your first foot in the door or open the door that you for you uh the first doors i ever had open i always got to make sure i say it man uh former nba star mateen cleaves who grew up in uh flint michigan that was my partner for a long time and he was one of the people that like opened that door for me uh kendall young sad freeman he was uh he was a former vice president of maybach music um just such a mover and shaker within the industry and he's been a part of so many just amazing projects like I met him, you know what I'm saying, when he was still at Def Jam and he believed in me and opened the door for me and taught me the game as well. Um, I got to give shout outs to Chris Weber, you know what I'm saying, and Mike mm-hmm. Brinkley. Mike Brinkley uh, and Chris Weber, like they, they were the first ones. I was uh, the first deal I ever almost had was I was going to sign to Chris Weber as a producer because he was starting his own production company. And Mike Brinkley was the cat that was running the company so it's like all of these people those four are the ones off the top of the head and of course obviously you know what i'm saying working with dr dre for five yeah. years like you know what i'm saying like 
another door that got open for me, being able to be around him and then understanding another level of the game at that point. So I would say, man, those are off the top of my head, man. Mo Cleaves, Young Sav, um, Chris Weber, Mike Brinkley, Dr. Dre. Um, and, you know, those would be the ones that I say, like, took me to levels higher and higher of understanding this game. Have you ever been to Vancouver? You know what, Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, correct? Yeah. yeah. I went on a tour all throughout Canada with Exhibit. I went, we yeah. went on a tour called the Collateral Damage Tour, and I believe we did make a stop in Vancouver. So I believe I have, but okay. I need to come back. I love Canada, man. That was my next question. How was that tour in 2012 with Exhibit? It was dope. It was dope, man. That tour, man, shouts to Exhibit. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a crazy, it was a crazy experience. Cause that was my first time going on tour where it was a tour bus and you know what I'm saying? A run sheet and you know what I'm saying? Getting, uh, getting your per diem and all of that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that was the first time for me really going on like a real tour, but shouts to exhibit for that. Shouts to Demerick. Um, it was just a, it was an amazing experience, man. It was my first time really touring. Cause before that I did like regional stuff and I did stuff kind of spot dates, but the collateral damage tour was my first legitimate tour. And I learned a lot, a lot of things that I teach my artists. Now that I have my own company, all varsity music group, it's things that exhibit taught me on that tour that now I give the game and give those same pieces of knowledge and information to my artists. So, you know, that's a beautiful thing. Knowledge is the gift that keeps on giving and exhibit definitely gave me that on the collateral collateral damage tour. Okay. Right. Because Great. hey, working with working with exhibit, you know what I'm saying, being on that type of vibe, because I'm a I'm a huge exhibit fan. I'm a huge anything West Coast and yeah. lyrical skill combat period. And just having people like exhibit, you also had had get, got roses from Nas. Nas, Mr. Nasir Jones, how did that feel when he said you was up next and you was gifted? How, how was how was that feeling? Just being talking with, with Nas. I don't know if there's a feel I don't know if there's any words used to explain it, man. Because explain that, that. Yeah, that video that's up on the internet of Nas saying that to me, you know, that's when I was really really green and really really fresh in the in the game and i didn't really know too much of nothing and Nas was really one of the first ones to put his arm around me and really talk to me so man like you know when you say what it felt like it was mm, like i felt like i was dreaming you'd had to pinch me you know what i'm saying because when i started learning about the craft of hip-hop it was certain albums that i listened to in my sleep when i woke up every day when i would work out and one and those albums were I would listen to the Machiavelli Seven Day Theory by Tupac. I would listen to Nas. It was written and I am, but it was written majority. You know what I'm saying? Mx is dark and hell is hot. Yeah. Um, uh, what what were the other two that I used to listen to? Oh, Jay Z, The Blueprint, and Jay Z and Jay Z Reasonable Doubt. Those was the albums like I really like wanted to learn how to rap. Like you right. know what I'm saying? Those right. So to be sitting there with this dude telling me that I'm gifted and I really wanted to be like, bro, but half of everything I know came from listening to you. you know right, 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 right. You know, Nas is in, Nas should be on everybody's top five, you know, period. So it's like, man, that's the legend, bro. So, you know, it's, it's really no words that I could use to explain that other than, man, humbled, man, humbled. To this day, I'm still humbled that I had that experience. 
So the right. 20, 2013, the BET Cypher, did you plan to announce that you were signing with Dre? That's fun. I'm grateful that you asked that, bro, because so this is the thing. I had already got asked to do the BET Awards before I even met Dre. Like, you know what I'm saying? So the thing was, all of that was kind of all happening around the same time. Like, they had asked me to do the BET Awards Cypher. And then during the time, you know, in between when you film it, you know, or whatever, and they ask you, that's when, like, I got the call from Dre or whatever. And so in that little bit of time, it was so much going on. And then I'm like, yo, that would be ill because that's when me and Dre was like, yo, okay, let's do this. Let's make it happen. And I'm like, that would be ill to put it in my rap to announce that at the BET Awards. So no, going into the BET Cypher, I didn't even know Dre when they asked me to do the Cypher. So putting yeah. that line in that freestyle happened uh, at the last minute. You know what I'm saying? So it was crazy, man. It was crazy. But it's just funny how things work out. Yeah. Right. It's got to be all funny how things work out, especially just getting that getting that thing like from Dr. Dre. Like, you be like, what? Come on now. Dr. Dre? You mean D. Dr. Dre? Nigga with an attitude, straight out of confidence, express yourself, Dr. Dre? You know what I'm saying? Forget about, right. you know what I'm saying? Forget well, about Dre, Dre? What were you? I wanted to talk about a mixtape, too. This mixtape that you have, man, the best of I wanted to talk about this best of best of the world series. The one the people's chant was it the people's listen, yeah, the people's rapper LP. How was it feeling just making that? And did you ever hear anything from Eminem be like, damn? You know what I'm saying? Did you get any type of props from from M from that? Because that was the hard album. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Like, uh, it was cool making that. That, that bro, it's funny. When I was making that mixtape, I was kind of in the same space that I'm in now of just creating so much music that it's almost like I'm blacking out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't even remember like that time period like that because I was making so much like I did that the people's rapper LP I really I did that like in like a week and a half like I, it was just like just every day I was just making music making music so I, that time period of my life was interesting because I was so driven and I felt at the time that the industry as a whole just was trying to ignore my contributions. So it was like, okay, forget that. I'm just about to put out so much content that you ain't going to be able to ignore it, which is kind of the way I feel now. So, but as far as him hearing it, I don't know if he ever heard it. We met each other, like you know what I'm saying? It was all love and I got a chance to show my gratitude, love and appreciation. But I don't expect... Man, I never expect other artists to hear other artists' music because you got to think like everybody's so busy, and especially Eminem. He wanted, he's like the you know one of the biggest artists of all time. So you know what I'm saying. You know, I doubt that he got time to to listen to my joint or whatever. But it, but when we met each other, it was all love, and that's all you can ask for, man. Right, so if, right. Because I when I heard when I heard Stan, and whenever you said these words, I hate when people talk about you. All they got was thugging, cause keep your head up was was what taught me how to treat a woman. When you said that, you know, talking to you know, like you was basically talking to Pot, you know what I'm saying, and basically talking to Biggie and talking to MC Bree, like 
that type of cadence and that type of rhyme has truly never been done before. And you did it on a, you know, on a level that a lot of people can grow from because your bars, you can do everything with them and you switch them all the time. Like how, how does it feel like when you do stuff like that and it impacts like a lot of people like us? Man, say the last part because my phone went out a little bit. I said, how how did that feel like this, you know, these type of words, you know, impacting a lot of people like us that be listening to you? Uh, man, first, like I say, I am I am humbled and I can't use that word enough because, man, um, to be able to create music and have people connect to it, that's a gift from the most high. You know, I, I'm just a vessel to, in, in which this gift passes through. And I try to do my best to use it in the right way, to influence people in the right direction and give people hope and light. So it's like when you tell me something like that, that's the payoff. I'm not, I'm not a dude that's driven by money. I'm not a dude that's driven by fame. I'm driven by exactly what you just said, that something that I was able to communicate to the world through my art impacted you in a way that probably gave you a different perspective or a greater appreciation for life itself. So, man, like how it feels is, that's what you do it. So how how a regular person would feel from getting a check for a hundred thousand. That's how I feel when you tell me something like that. Right. Okay. Hey, Prince, hey. I'm gonna run a couple questions in a row here. Go ahead. Um, if you could sit down for dinner with anyone else that's famous, uh, who would it be? Dead or dead or alive? Oh, dead or alive? Uh. Uh. Dick Gregory. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. Um, do you have a dream venue to perform in? Oh, absolutely. Madison Square Garden. Have you done that yet? No. No, no. I performed at Staples Center, which is the Madison Square Garden of the yeah. West Coast. But ain't nothing like the garden. Got to get to the yeah. garden. Okay. Okay. Um, next one I got here. Do you have a favorite verse of you've ever done? Wow, favorite verse that I've ever done. They say, who is he, the genius, speaking in broken English, observing behind the curtain, your mind's too preoccupied to see it. We hard-headed, thoughts made of cement, the writing's on the wall, but we don't read it, we don't read while we defeat it. Another rapper like we really need it. See, this ain't rapping, this is teaching, and what I preach, the reason that I'm breathing. See, for the people, I will gladly take my last breath. See, I got drive till ain't no gas left. I-75, that's my address. I'm on the road and I ain't had rest, hoping that my past steps don't add stress. See, I ain't flawless, so no matter what I'm talking regardless it's a fact that karma gonna catch up to all us my bars is just a penance till i chill with chris wallace when i get to the pearly gates and it ain't gonna matter what's in my wallet it's only one of me and it's gonna be what it's gonna be the person that i truly envy is the one i want to be i just felt that in my soul brother (laughs) (laughs) always always do you have a do you have a dream collabo that you've never collaboed with yet uh yeah, I would say Kanye West. Okay. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's that's hey, a good hey, one. You yeah, had a, a, hey, you did it, you did a, a series on there. I know you yeah. can give a run for his money on that. Especially yeah, with that, especially yeah. with that hey, mixtape, man. Hey, I ain't gonna lie, when they first came to We Don't Care, 
I knew, and I actually got, I actually got the vinyl because I'm a vinyl collector. And mm. when I heard "We Don't Care" by you, and you just passed out at the end, I, I was like, "Yo, <laughs> thank you, man, thank you." Thank I know, I know, Kanye got to be proud of you for that. Um, Thank you. I, you know what? I'm 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 grateful that you rock with it, man. Like Kanye's music raised me. So yeah, Kanye West, man. So the 2014 freshman cover, describe being chosen to be on that iconic cover and what were your thoughts and feelings after that? I was super excited. Um, it was a great experience. Um I learned a lot, like from being on it. I learned that it's not being on the cover; it's what you do after it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like the cover yeah. is not gonna make or break you. You know what I'm saying? It's an opportunity, just like everything else. Just like I always tell my artists, like one opportunity is not gonna make or break you. You know what I'm saying? It's what you do. It's your consistency afterwards. But it was super cool, man. Just being a part of that, being a part of the lineage and the history of the Double XL Freshman Cover, because you know, within hip hop, you know that's something you want to put on your bucket list or your checklist. Even been, you know, being on the freshman cover, just being on the cover of a magazine, period. I remember yeah. walking airports at that time period be, being my first cover, looking on the, like, looking at the uh, shelves in the airport, like, damn, I am on the shelves at every airport in America. This is crazy. So it was cool. It was a great experience, man. It was, it was definitely something I grew and learned from. Right, I, right. From that, man, because I was, I was thinking about it, too, because of the double XL freshman cover, which it, you man, it's so many, so many rappers that was on that. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And and so many people was on there. How how did it feel like, you know what I'm saying? Who was who was like one of the funniest ones on there? Like funny that you got to grab with. Yeah. Like that 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 we had chemistry with and had, we could enjoy yeah. each other's humor. Yeah. Um <laughs> people wouldn't even guess it man me and Troy Ave I remember uh like Troy Ave was like he kept me laughing through the whole shit like you really? it's like I'm surprised Kevin Gates wouldn't yeah like well, probably, uh, he probably was a little serious back then then no nah, he had a he had a, a a big personality too like you know what I'm saying Kevin Gates definitely had a big personality but far as who I connected with like me and Bibby I remember us connecting mm. on a certain level. I remember me and Jaron Benton connecting on a certain level. Mm. Um, and I just remember like, uh, cause me and um me and Troy Ave kept getting paired together, like when we had to do like little press stuff for the freshman cover. So I remember right. when we went to Dixon Park, me and him went out there together. I remember when we was doing like this interview round table, it was me and him, like we had, they had set us next to each other. So it was just funny. Like people wouldn't even imagine that, but uh, you know, just as well as being just a thorough dude and a real dude, like he reminded me of one of my homies that I would have grew up with and connected with in Flint, man. He just, he was a cool dude. I got it. Right. Right. Which I was about to say too. I was about to say you did music with Jaron Bitt. How was it? How was it working with Jaron Bitt? Man, Jaron Ben is one of them people in the game I would consider a friend of mine. So anytime we link up, it's always a beautiful thing. Man, one of the most talented MCs doing it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's always a pleasure seeing him link up. I got a quick, a couple quick response questions if you want, if I could hit these off of you. Absolutely. Um, LeBron, Jordan, or Kobe? Ooh, we. Uh, Jordan. Biggie or Pac? Both. <laughs> sugar puffy 
Puff only because he's still consistently doing it, yeah. and you and he's grown every ever since you heard of Puff, he's always grown and grown and grown. Yeah. But much respect to the big homie Suge Knight as well because his contributions to the game can't be ignored either. Yep, uh, Nas or Jay Z. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard one. That's uh, a hard one. Y'all gonna y'all gonna hate me for this both. Okay. Jaw Ruler I, I fifty. Like uh, f- uh fifty. Yeah, okay. Um who's the best rap and, group of all time? I would just like to say, I wasn't one of them people that turned on Ja Rule when fifty cents started dissing Ja Rule. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying, I right. just Ever like a Ja Rule guy. Much respect to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But right. his, his style of of, uh, of music like wasn't my thing. 50 just kind of hit me harder. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like 50's yeah. music kind of resonated, I should say, it resonated with me more. So that's no disrespect to Ja, because there was a lot of people that was fake as hell. It was a lot of people yeah. that was Ja Rule fans, and then when 50 yeah, did switch it on, yeah, on them. <laughs> they straight up yeah. switched on them. Like, oh, we with 50 now to 50 dollars. Like that's crazy. Ja Rule had hits. Ja Rule still got hit. Ja Rule, if Ja Rule was to ever do a versus with certain people, he would wash certain people. So, right. and that's coming from, and that's coming from somebody who wasn't necessarily, and that's coming from somebody necessarily a, a Ja Rule fan like that. But it's like, be real with yourself. Don't just jump on somebody bandwagon just because somebody popping at the moment. Ja Rule is a legend. Fifty's a legend. But far as who resonated with me more, Fifty Cent. Who's the best rap group of all time? Uh, I'm gonna say uh, for first and foremost, I got it, man. I gotta name a couple: Outkast, yeah. uh, N.W.A., The Hot Boys. Yeah. Uh, Goody Mob. Okay. U.G.K. Uh oh. Man, the throne does the throne count as a group? They should. They had an album, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That count. That count is on the the oh, yeah. The, the throne should definitely count as a group. Uh, it's so many. Like I yeah. said, when y'all ask questions like that, it's just always gonna be a list. Just because I'm a connoisseur, I'm I'm a historian of this shit, so I'm gonna name a few. But keep going, right. man. Big, big. I, I, I got hey, one. Wait, I think I think I got the best question next. Oh, I got the best one. Oh, I got the best one. This is the best one. Okay, you go first. AEW, AEW, or NXT? Oh. I got friends in both. <laughs> so- oh, man. They, they're both, they're both, man. I, that's hard. And they're, they're battling good right about now. I, I appreciate both of them for different reasons. So that's another one y'all going to hate me for. I'm going to say both. Okay, big titties or big ass? You know what? I'm gonna keep it real. I like different body parts on different women, <laughs> depending what woman it is. Yeah. So, okay. so you feel me? Like it's like some women could have a big ass, and then I feel like it. That you ever seen the girls that got the ant booty? Like they shit just look like it's just too much. Like you didn't went and put too much shit in in your booty, and now it don't even look good no more. Yeah. It's yeah. Women that have just the perfect shape booty and it ain't even gotta be like all that crazy it's some women that i love they calves it's some women i love they thighs it's some women i love they lips it's some women i love they fucking shoulders i don't know like yeah, it's right? like but but 
ask me the question again because you I just went totally left field with that shit. Ask me again, I'm gonna clear my brain and I'm gonna just give it to you straight off the head. The first <laughs> yeah, big my, big titties or big titties or big ass. If I had to choose big ass. Okay. Hey, what was it like? Because you've obviously met Game before, and he's my one of my favorites of all time. You've actually been on uh, Moments of Violence too, off of the off of the uh, documentary yeah. part two. What yeah. two point three? Two point yeah. five. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was it like being in the studio with Game, and how is he in person? <laughs> cool as hell. Yeah, Game, I bet. Game too. Game got a good sense of humor too. Here's a story about me and Game. We met. Uh, even before we did Moment of Violence or people seeing the picture, some people might have seen the picture of me, Dre, and Game in the studio that I had posted on my IG a while back. Um, I met him way before I got signed to Aftermath. Like, he came through our radio station, 93.7. This was many years ago. This might have been 2011. And I was such a fan of Game that I had a, a starstruck fan moment. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I can remember, I think I could say this now because this was way back in the day. But, man, he was super cool. It was like a lot of people in this game, they'll say things to you and they full of shit. But it was so cool because when I met Game and I spit for him or whatever, he was like, yo, you dope. He like, man, I'm uh, like tonight, we gonna link up. We gonna go to the strip club. We gonna da da da. And I never forget it. He he wasn't full of shit. Like after we kicked it all day, when he came and kicked it at the radio station, we ended up going to Detroit, kicking at this strip club. And I remember while we was at the strip club, you would think we was focused on ass and titties, and we wasn't. Like I just remember him talking to me telling me the game like no pun intended but giving me just industry trade secrets man that i take with me forever and so when i met back up with him and i'm sorry i'm trying not to get too long-winded but then when i saw him again at aftermath i remember i introduced myself to him again because i didn't expect that he would remember that right so i'm like yo i'm john connor he's like nigga i know who you is i was like, yeah. I was like he was like and he told he told the young lady he was with at the time he like i met this nigga in one of the grimiest cities in America. <laughs> I met him in Flint, Michigan. He like, bro, if I met you in Flint and I'm meeting you again at Dre Studio, you need my new number, dog. Take my number down. And it's like, it was always love. So anytime I run in the game, man, it's always love. Super cool dude, super real dude, and super funny dude, too. Uh, what's your personal highlight? Oh, uh, just in life? Uh, yeah, or music. Um, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do both, uh, at the same time. Um, I'm a giver by nature. I like giving. I like, I, when I was a kid, man, on Christmas, I like giving people gifts more than I like receiving them. One of the coolest, uh, highlights for me is a couple things. I love my mother and my sister. So being able to take my mother to the straight out of Compton premiere and watch my mother be on the red carpet and watching her be excited. There go Raphael Sadiq, there go the game, there go this one, there go that one. That was a dream come true. And also, like I said, my sister was the one that brought that Master P CD home that even got me rapping in the first place. So I took my sister for her birthday to uh, the No Limit reunion tour and she got to meet Mia X, which is her favorite rapper of all time. And to see wow. my sister cry when she met Mia X and Fiend and Mystical and all mm. of that, them is some life highlights for me that through the blessing that I was given, I was able to bless other people with things that they probably never thought that they would be able to experience. And for it to be my mother and my sister, like the two people who I wouldn't be here without, man, it's like, you know, those are the moments that are highlights for me when I could do something for somebody else and watch them experience like that level of happiness.
Right. Hey, hey, because I was about to say, man, because you you a top uh, no limit dude, and I know you used to bump that first. What was that? I, I don't know if it was the first beam, but it was something that truly hurt hit me, man. Uh, uh, what's that fiend? What's that fiend album, Mister? Oh man, there's one in every the family. The smoking, dude, smoking the crack pipe. What was it? Yeah, that says the first fiend album was there's one in every family. Yeah, there's one in every family, man. Like, like, Classic. I think you you put some on there. I was like, yo, man, I, I, how dope was that album? What's your favorite track on that album? Uh, it was a song on there called On a Mission with mm. uh, that's a personal favorite, but the whole album was crazy with but with C Murder, Steady Mobbing, and uh, Fiend, but then also slanging with UGK on there, uh, Take My Pain with him and Silk and P and Sons of Funk, uh, The Baddest, Going Out with a Blast All in a Week, uh, man, uh, at all times, bro. I could name that whole album. So. <laughs> Right, which which you got to speaking of you, you came, but you got to work with um Bum B on while you worked with uh Bum B while what while you were asleep? Was yep. it while you were? I was like, yeah, while you were sleeping. Yeah, you yeah. Bum Say that again. I said you worked with Bum B on the Lone Star while you were sleeping. Absolutely, the legend, the legendary Bun B. How was that? I was that working with him and listening, you know, to a tape like that, and then be like, "Damn, I'm I'm in here with with Bun B." It's crazy. It's crazy. Like I say, these are people that there would be no John Connor if it wasn't for them. So to bring it back around and be able to salute them and show my gratitude and appreciation and trade bars with them. It's really just humbled and gratitude is the words that come to mind, man. Yeah, I got one last question for you here. Um, what do you feel about the state of hip-hop nowadays? Um, I think that is great. I think that it's great to see so many young artists getting opportunities to grow and get money and feed their families. My only issue with it is I just feel like it needs to be more diversity and more balance. I think that everybody's right now afraid of, of stepping out on their own and sounding like themselves. They so concerned with trying to be famous that they, they'll try to sound like everybody else or they'll say the most ignorant, stupid shit, like just to try to get on or get glad they shit go viral on TikTok or whatever the case may be. And it's like, it ain't about that, man. The longevity is being yourself. Like music is a relationship between the artist and the consumer. It's the person feeling like they can connect with you on a level that uh, maybe their parents can't, maybe they people at school can't, right? So that's why, you know, I think that so many rappers are here today going tomorrow because the consumer is not being attached to you as an artist. They're attached, attached to that moment, that moment that whatever dumb shit you was doing was cool. And then there's going to be five other, 10 other, a million other people that come along and do dumber shit than you. And then they'll get attached to those moments, but you'll always be attached to feelings when it comes to music. That's why people still listen to earth, wind and fire to this day. That's why I certain older artists that can still tour to this day, because we love the feeling that they gave us. They gave us a feeling. They, 
we connected with them. So for me, it's just like, I hope that the younger artists, you know what I'm saying, that's getting on and getting the quick money, I hope that at some point they realize, you know, put your feelings into the music, tell your story. And you know what I'm saying, don't just get ca caught up on being famous in the moment. So I just think that hip hop right now needs more battle. You know, even when we had Biggie and Pac, of course, we had Uncle Luke, you had the 69 boys, you always had party yeah. music, but you always yeah. had that balanced it out and I just think that right now in hip hop we need to support indie artists we need to support those artists that aren't making the shit that's on radio or on TV because that's what we need to make the culture continue to move forward we need that diversity and I just think we need to balance it out. It's cool what everybody's doing, like you know what I'm saying, and making party music and shit. And if you if you want to sound like another person, that's your business. But I think yeah. that we also need to support those people that are taking the step and taking that chance of sounding like themselves and being original, because that's yeah. how you preserve the game. And like you were saying there, uh, how everybody's original and you, you certain songs you can always remember where you were at that time because you can relate to that song. And it's always like. I, I, I always say to people that it's like the songs that you started getting laid to are yeah. the songs that you start remembering because you had those songs playing while you're banging. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yes. This, whatever you, whatever was popping when you, when you had your first kiss, lost your virginity, all of that, that's the shit you're going to be listening to for the rest of your life. You're yeah. going to be with your kids. Like I was 17 when this yeah. came out. I never forget I it. Yeah, I, I, like I, Crossroads, Bone Dugs and Harmony. I'll always remember that blowjob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I remember my, my first brain was getting some head. Nah, not getting some head, but um, but uh, what was that? Oh, blowjob, Betty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh shoot, I'm over here actually listening to to a blowjob fucking anthem. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, um, I gotta say this though, man. I, I really wanted to say this, man. You actually was actually, and a lot of people haven't really seen. I mean, I know a lot of people have seen it, but they never brought it up to life. You actually worked on, uh, on the soundtrack to the city Boondocks. You was actually on the Boondocks mixtape. How wow. did that feel? How did, how did that come about too? That was when I was on Aftermath, still right? Yeah. I, right. I feel like, damn, I did, bro. That's one you digging deep in the archives. I don't even remember. I don't even remember how that came to be. That's funny that you even, yeah. damn, that's crazy that you brought that up, bro. Like, nobody ever brings that up. That's crazy. But, yep. yeah. Because yeah, it was the only, it was the, like the last, it was the last season of that, too. The fourth season, they came with a mixtape on that pimp. And I remember when it came out, I was like, oh, shoot. I was like, oh, shit. There's John Connors on here. The city. Yeah. Front to the city. Front to, I remember the whole thing. Yeah. That's like, great. Yep, that, yeah, so the city, which was uh, uh, DJ Khalil produced that. So I definitely was on Aftermath when that happened. So, uh, yeah, I think that it was maybe, maybe they reached out to somebody at Aftermath, and that's how the joint got on there. Okay. Wow, that was huge because... This being on that type of vibe, man, and I, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you can't tell me nothing about John Carter. That's why, I, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass or nothing, but I, <laughs> I feel like when I hear my favorite rapper, I want to feel that, you know what I'm saying, every every little song, you know what I'm saying, every last song that I hear, including anybody, I'd be like, yo, I got to hear that. But also, 
What's what's next? What's next? What's next? We we all gotta know. Yeah, that's gotta be your last. Or probably our last question too. Yeah, that's last let him go here. All good. all good, man. Um, okay. so what's is uh is uh we actually uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do an announcement video that we're probably gonna drop next month that's gonna tell everything that I'm about to tell y'all. But what's next is um the best in the world series is coming back, so we doing best in the world. The end tape is the, is gonna drop. Absolutely, where it's all Nas inspired beats. After that, that's the setup for SOS Part Two, The Road to Legendary. In the meantime, the reason why SOS Two is called The Road to Legendary is because I got a five-part docu series called The Road to Legendary that tells my whole story, and you're gonna see the actual footage of me battling in high school up until the first time I ever rapped to Dr. Dre, to me leaving Aftermath and starting my own company, and so that'll be accompanied by uh, SOS Part Two. Um, which is, is going to be dope, man. It's, uh, another all original project. We also releasing all of my old like uh, tapes that the all original tapes that used to be on that piff, uh, the calling part one, the calling part two, season one, season two. And while you were sleeping, we dropping those on all streaming platforms this year. Um, after that, my artist Ace Cabana, his project Moonwater, which I produced and executive produced the entire project. You know what I'm saying? For the most part, um, Moonwater's coming. So after that, uh, me and KLC's Project 24 is on the way. Me and my man TZ from WWE Swerve City Podcast. We got a, a six-track uh, pro wrestling. Swerve? Swerve? Yeah. I think I've seen, I seen it on your life page, Swerve. I got to meet Swerve. Yeah, shouts to my brother Swerve. Shouts to TZ. Shouts to everybody at Swerve City Podcast, man. They're my brothers. That's my family over there. So me and TZ got a, a, a wrestling-inspired project coming. Then after, like I said, me and KL got our joint coming. After that, me and uh, Ace Cabana got a project called Stark Parker, which is our group album. After that, SOS Part 3. And then, you know, we just going to keep it moving. So we got hella content coming this year, man. And introducing y'all to my label, All Varsity Music Group, um, which this is crazy for me. I always aspire to be a Dre, a Jay, a Dame, a L.A. Reid, you know what I'm saying? Those type of people, Steve Stout. And now this is me taking that turned into being an executive, you know, mogul Connor, man. That's what, that's what it is. For 2021, 2022, releasing all these projects, introducing y'all to new artists. And like I say, let me wrap it up, but I get passionate when I talk about it. I want to show the world that, I want to show the world that Flint is not just one thing. Right now, I'm so happy for my city. You got artists like Rio the Young OG, YNJ, Louie Ray. Like, you got all of these dudes coming up from the city, and I think that they're doing a great job at telling Flint's story, but there's a whole other side of Flint's story as well that I don't know is getting told, and that's what I want to be uh, responsible for with my company, All Varsity Music Group, and um, exposing the world to other young artists from the city of Flint that have their side of the story of flint to tell and i just want to be there to back them up and watch them turn into the stars that they supposed to be so shouts to my whole label shouts to uh lindsey ai shouts to uh steve claybrook um shouts to taylor tatum shouts to uh joey alana enjoy melody ace gabana shouts to uh cam tyler cam how jeff sky shouts to everybody so those are names that y'all gonna get very familiar with in the near future all varsity music group man Hey, right. Which I can't wait because I heard you doing a um a song with my, one of my friends from Canada too, AD Empire. Word, word. Well, this lo- love, love, sending love, absolutely. Thank you. So uh, we probably gotta let him go here, Prince. The uh... I know, I know. I want to say 
Give me a fallow back, but it's all right. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. Hit me on uh, IG, and I'll definitely follow both of y'all if I don't already. Yeah. I bet. bet. Um, It'd be an honor just to have you on there, man. Blessings to meet you, nah. man. I still, I'm bumping, I'm always bumping Unconscious City. I'm Thank bumping you. all of them. I'm bumping okay. uh, SOS. I'm about, to, I'm about to go right back to uh, <laughs> Thank you. Man, because I'm happy. Thank you okay. for people bringing back best of the world. Because I was just about to say, Nas. I was like, man, I hope it's a Nas best of the world mixtape coming. He comes in this. Does he honor it? Your yeah. roses, girl, man, is a blessing. Always a blessing. Man, thank you all so much, man. Thank I am truly humbled, and thank y'all for having me, man. Yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to smash this scallop. The bully, man. I'm Go in. Perfect, John. Thank you so much for taking the time and giving us both a chance Thank to ask, you. shoot some questions off of you. Um, give me, I'm hoping to do this today. It could be possibly tomorrow or Sunday that I get it out for you and I'll send it right back over to your manager. All right, man. It's all love. And hey, when we get to uh, dropping all of this content, hopefully, man, we get my artist Ace Cabana on here, man. And he could do the same thing, sure. man. Like, we make sure we Ooh. keep it really Anybody, anybody, anybody you like, I'd like to show. Anybody you like, I'd like to showcase them up here in Canada. So, right, that man, like I said, man, dog, I love Canada. Y'all, some of the most like just generous people, like just inherently just good people. So, I really appreciate and I love Canada to the fullest. So, to be able to get the music to stretch out there, man, it means a lot. Like being an independent label owner, bro. Like all of this matters, and I appreciate it because when you're doing it independent, you're doing it all yourself from the ground up. So I truly appreciate y'all, man. Perfect. Yeah, I appreciate you too because coming from loving hip hop, I mean, loving people like you, man, is a it's a blessing, bro. Like I never thought in my life I ever meet you. It felt uh, like I met met Dr. Dre and anybody on the cover, like for real. Which my cover got stolen, by the way. But I love. Love this man. It's truly thank, a blessing. Thank, thank you, John. DM me your uh your address. You said your cover got stole. I got like some extra double XLs, man. I'll send you okay. one. Cool, cool. Sure. Hey, I, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. I got, Why do we get okay, right then. Uh thank you, John, for taking the time, and we'll be in touch shortly. Absolutely, man. Appreciate hey. it. Hey, stay safe. Right, hey, you too. Y'all too, man. Peace. You Peace. Too. Peace. Uh, How do I end this? <laughs>